The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? to Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic and everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. Some people might say I'm an okay critic. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Okay. <laughs> I, I would call you a very good critic. Oh, that's, you're, that's just me. It's sweet of you to say. Yes. Uh, anyway, welcome to Anime Month here at Cancelled Too Soon. It is one of the many theme months we have often threatened you with and never got around to. <laughs> but here it is, and we are going to inflict it upon you. Yeah, uh, all of our episodes in the month of August are going to be focused on the anime uh, medium, which isn't so much a genre because there's a ton of genres within anime. Anime is often just a, uh, a just a blanket term mm. for animation that comes from Japan. Animation is but way it, more varied, I find, in Japan than it is in mm. America, where it is typically considered uh, fodder for uh, family friendly stuff or if sometimes like adult sitcoms. Like from okay. The Simpsons and Family Guy <laughs> yeah, and Bob's yeah. Burgers. But we don't tend to get as much variety in genre in America as we do on the regular in Japan. And it's very, very exciting to discover anime as, uh, 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 as an entity if you grew up in the West and you didn't realize there were so many amazing, ambitious, uh, fantastically written television series that just, mm. you know, aren't don't get as much... Uh, uh, a conversation over here, although that is beginning to improve now with all the various streaming services that have a lot of anime okay. offerings. Well, the the dam burst with Pokemon. Pokemon, I mean, mm. anime started creeping into the American consciousness uh, sometime in the 80s when I, re reruns of stuff like Speed Racer and Gigantor started making their way onto television. Also, we started having yeah. more home video releases. Yeah. And there would be sections in video stores Although, dedicated uh, to things like Akira yeah. Vampire Hunter yeah, D. Akira, oh Akira, th those were some, some pretty good ones that, that made their way into sort of the video market. Uh, and uh, anime really infiltrated uh, all throughout the 80s and 90s in an underground market. Uh, mm. It was really a, a sort of this cult niche thing, and it still is a cult niche yeah. thing. There were a few uh, high-profile releases, but they yeah, were not the norm. Like, a, these days, a lot of people have seen uh, the Studio Ghibli films, for instance, mm. but maybe not too much beyond that. Uh, I remember the AV Club put, started to put together these regular articles that were trying to take the stigma and the threat out of uh, sort of geek things that were kind of threatening. And by referring think, to the AV Club, which is an adjunct of the Onion, of the Onion not yeah, like yeah. your high school audio No, no, that, club, that is yeah. the, the, the publication, the AV Club. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember they started with The Grateful Dead. 
It's like you want to get into the Grateful Dead, but there's so much Grateful Dead out there. There's so much and, culture attached yeah, to it. And, and, and so, so many, where, where uh, do you yeah. start? Where's your in? You don't want to start with the best necessarily. You want to get a little bit of a chronology mm-hmm. in there. And if you don't like the best, then going around to the things that led up to it might not be as satisfying. It can be really daunting so it was to, to a good, uh, set foot for the first time in a major yeah. It was a good way to sort of teach uh, neophytes and and you know, lay lay people how to traverse these like really threatening complex worlds of geekery. Yeah, and uh, I I think the first one is the Grateful Dead, and the second one was anime. Mm. Like how how do you break into anime? Because anime from an outsider's perspective is really scary. Because it's a lot uh, because of it. it. Just because of the absolute volume of it, yeah. uh, it functions a lot differently. Uh, the rules and the language of anime are different than even Japanese live-action cinema. Yep, a lot of the time. Uh, and so there's, there's... a lot of iconography that's very there's specific There's a lot of it, code example. you need to unlock in order to uh, appreciate anime. Well, at the very least, fully appreciate fully it. Appreciate because anime. you may watch some anime and you go like, why... Because everyone's nose suddenly bleeding, and yeah. only then do you realize that that's that's code for something. Um, I've had a lot of interactions to anime over the years. Um, my brother was into anime when I was younger. Um, I've got into more into various forms of anime in college, and. Uh, I happen now to be married to an, uh, a wonderful writer and artist mm-hmm. who is very familiar with animation and anime in particular, who has in recent years been reintroducing me to what anime has been up to mm-hmm. lately. Uh, my uh, wife slash partner, Michelle, uh, was supposed to be a co-host for this episode and indeed every episode of Cancel Too Soon in our anime month. Uh, however, she is not feeling very well right now. She's Okay. But she's not feeling very not, well. Not, she not wasn't... well enough to record a podcast. So yeah. we're letting her yeah. convalesce. It's why this episode was a little late. We were waiting it out, but we eventually realized we had to get started. And with her blessing, uh, we're doing this episode without her. Hopefully she'll be back for the next episode and all the episodes mm. to follow. Uh, so we're sorry. We know we've had a lot of requests yeah. for her to come back ever since we had her as a guest on our episode about Dragon Half. Which was our first anime that we ever covered and on fact, the show. In fact, it's the only anime we've covered so far. I believe you're right. Uh, Although this, we have, I think, covered uh, shows that were animated in Japan, which is not the same thing. A, a lot of American uh, animated shows have a lot of uh, animation studios in Japan and especially Korea. Yeah. Um, now, anime. Okay. Again, we're not the world's greatest experts on anime, so don't expect a long lecture about this. Uh, but anime is a, doesn't run the same way that like TV animation does. In America, there's a lot of subtle differences. There's a lot of distinct differences. Some run with a very exp- uh, a very finite amount of time, and that's all they're ever intended to run. Uh, others so that, run those, for those can't, and and it's hard for us to distinguish because uh, under our rules, those wouldn't count yep, as a canceled. Those would be show. more of a mini series yeah. by our by our estimation. There's a lot of anime that runs hundreds of episodes. Pokemon is a perfect example of that. Um, Sailor Moon would they, be another example. They of never that. stopped making Pokemon, by the way. Oh yeah, still going. Yeah, you, you were paying attention as a kid. They're still going. They're still making those movies. Yeah, that Detective Pikachu movie was the 22nd Pokemon feature film. Yeah. Was um, it the twenty fourth? It was. It was up there. It's in the twenties somewhere. <laughs> so, trying to find anime series that fit within our rules mm. was actually really tricky, and it's one of the reasons why it took us so long. Uh, but uh, we we finally found enough shows that we feel comfortable saying that they could have and or should have continued. Mm. Like this was not the intention for them to necessarily be finite. Uh, however, the rules do kind of break sometimes, and, and in particular uh, this case, 
because many of the shows that turn into anime are based off of either manga, which is uh, you know Japanese comics, um, mm. typically uh, larger compendiums than we would get uh, in American comics, yeah. uh, and serialized tr- and, and often very long. And churned out at a furious rate, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, there very was fast. there was a time uh, in Japan when. And these were just things like you'd read on the subway. Yeah, it, it wasn't. There wasn't a stigma against comics, in, and there well, still but, isn't against comics in Japan the way there is in America, where mm-hmm. an adult reading a Spider-Man comic mm-hmm. in a subway might get a few looks. Well, because manga covered all kinds of genres, there was a, a huge market for like pornographic uh, manga. So a lot of just bit, like horny business guys would read these this porn on the subway. Well, that's and one then they just, genre. And then they just throw it away. So yeah, there were trash cans just piled up with old manga because it was it was seen as really disposable. It's fast entertainment. Mm. Um, but a lot of anime is based on a manga, and a lot of anime is also based on light novels, which are basically the Japanese equivalent of YA fiction. They tend to be uh, uh, cater more towards brief a younger, and serialized, yeah, yeah, briefer in general, very very serialized, often illustrated, but not comic booked. You know, it's not necessarily told in panels; there's just illustrations, and uh, that is the case in this episode, the one that we wanted to start with. This is a series that I discovered. Several years ago, and very, very much enjoyed, and have rewatched in preparation for this podcast, and found my opinion has mm-hmm. shifted in some directions. Okay. And I'm very excited to talk to Whitney about it. Uh, it is based off of a light novel series that continued far past uh, the anime series ever covered, mm-hmm. and it is a show about Satan getting a job at McDonald's. It is called "The Devil Is a Part Timer." Now tell me why you two were fighting in the middle of the street. Because I must destroy him. Destroy him? Look, lady, I don't know what your boyfriend did, but it doesn't really matter. No knife fighting. I swear, I will be the one who breaks the sales record for black pepper fries. That's the devil as a part-timer with an exclamation point. Yeah. So you gotta yell it. Sorry, it, 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 it follows the same rules as Scoob. <laughs> so I gotta say, the devil is a part timer. The devil is a part timer. <laughs> There's a little bit of a, a, a Scooby uh, yeah. inflection. The devil in the devil is a part timer isn't the Judeo Christian Satan. It's actually a, a demon warrior from like a Dungeons and Dragons type parallel universe, but with a lot of uh, iconography borrowed from Western religion. Yeah. Uh, the opening of the series is very conventional anime adventure stuff. It There's a lot place. of like animated spires and fantasy mm. creatures with long swords and giant battle fights. with one another. Uh, yeah. The basic backstory is this: there is a a, a, a country, a region in an alternate reality mm. called Enta Isla. And Enta Isla is run by two uh, warring factions. One is a sort of a, um, a religious... Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Religion runs a... Theocracy. Uh, theocracy. Thank yeah. you. I don't know why I was blanking on that. One is a theocracy run by, uh, functionally, the Catholic Church, but there's magic and stuff. Uh, and the other one is run by the devil, mm-hmm. who has a series of demons, and they are at war. And the devil... Uh, was kicking ass and taking over the entire world until a hero rose from the people with a magic sword and defeated him. And the devil, mm. firmly defeated with his uh, uh, top underling, Alciel, uh, mm. he decides he's going to open a portal to another dimension 
escape, and then return one day to take over Enta Isla from, for himself. And he does, and he ends up in modern-day Japan with no money and mm. no magic. So he's got to just basically get whatever work he can, and he ends up working oh. at not McDonald's, but McRonald's. McRonald's, and there's one called a, a rival fast food re- restaurant that's not called Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's called Sentucky Fried Sen-tucky Chicken. Sentucky Fried Chicken. Which is basically, yeah. you know what we mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they do have magic, but it's now like in limited supply. It's like a finite yeah. amount of magic, so they have to be careful where they use it. So the devil basically uses hypnosis a little bit just to smooth over like getting identification yeah, and, and papers, the, yeah, but first, otherwise he's gotta he's gotta be a human. Yeah, and and the first couple of episodes are uh really amusing and take that to its full comic potential. It's about Satan essentially trying to figure out what the human world is all about because yeah. uh, this is a species he's never heard of. Uh-huh. He hasn't interacted and he wants to do evil and murder, but understands he must bide his time. Yeah. And in order to do so, he has to get a job and next to the friar and gets like really weirdly ambitious about it. It's really adult swim. Yeah. For those first few like, episodes. I will sell the most pepper fries yeah. <laughs> and then I will rule Japan. <laughs> Which is very Invader is, Zim of him. That was, there's a Sam and Max gag. If we remember the the giant creepy alien head, vaguely, yeah. lactose the intolerant. Yes, okay. no, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. You like that show way more than I did. It may it may not look like much, but after a few weeks, they move me to fries. Then they'll pay. <laughs> Um, but also he's got to do things like get an apartment. And so they look at an apartment and go, well, at least it's six rooms. No, this is a studio. And they're like, oh, <laughs> well, I will, I will play your human game. <laughs> uh, but it's not, unfortunately, it's not just Satan and his underling trying to tra- traverse the human world via fast food jobs. Some other people have leaked through the porthole, so uh, there is a hero on his tail as well. The hero who defeated Satan in the first place, a hero named Amelia, mm-hmm. uh, and she, much like Satan, has arrived on Earth and had to get a job, and so she is working at a call center. <laughs> She's doing customer service, and she hates it. Yeah. Because it sucks. <laughs> and the whole thing is, she like at first she like spies on Satan for a little bit, and they actually have... Like, almost a meet-cute, like, uh, uh, on a corner when it's raining, and she's, like, getting drenched in the rain, and he's got, like, uh, uh, he's got an umbrella, and Uh he gives her the umbrella very nobly, and she doesn't know what the hell to do with that. (laughs) Like, what the the devil gave me his umbrella? So she throws it away, and he's like, that costs money! I'm on a fixed budget! Every time the See, devil the, talks about his budget, it makes me crack up. Well, when it, and that's that's the joke of the series, the juxtaposition of you know, Satan himself having to deal with the banalities of everyday life. Yeah. And uh, when it deals with those directly, it's really a good show. Mm-hmm. But that's only maybe a third of the time. Uh, the rest of the time they're dealing with, and this is something that I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people are turned off uh, about anime, is... They get really involved in the mythology, how like the the true nature of those demons, all of the characters uh, from uh, what was it, uh, Isla Nubar, Enta uh, uh, Isla, Enta Isla, uh, all, all of the creatures from Enta Isla all have like different relationships, and they some have been in this dimension for a long time, and they recognize one another, and now they have to sort of work out their rivalries here on Earth. 
And when we get to, I think it's maybe episode three or four, mm. uh, when all of the characters have all, there's like this huge amount of characters now from the other dimension already gathered on Earth, and they have, you know, a, a stopped time more or less a Dragon Ball battle where they start flying through the air and starting hitting each other with the biggest blast in the universe until the next one, which is even bigger. Uh, and then it's like the, the humor is gone and it's it's not I, I think serving being, to accentuate the, the funny parts. There's basically this this series is I think it's like 13 episodes hmm. and it's got like two story arcs. And I assume one story arc like per light novel is basically oh. what we're going through. Uh, the first six episodes are the devil and Amelia. They end up on Earth. Uh, they start basically realizing that Amelia realizes that the devil is basically powerless here and killing him is kind of unnecessary, but she feels necessary to keep tabs on him at all times mm. in case he starts up with his evil ways. Uh, but basically, they're just doing their day jobs and hating each other. Yeah. And then t- by the end, they realize that they have been followed to Japan by a couple of people from Anta Isla who want to finish everyone off once and for all so their world can get back to status quo. That's kind of a tidy little arc. And then the second arc is kind of the same thing all over again, and it's annoyingly repetitive. Mm. And uh, we'll talk about that in some detail, but that's one of the key problems, I think, with the story is that I think they they forget that the reason why we're here isn't the cool action stuff. It is the comedy, because the comedy is gold. And they just fall into the exact same pattern over and over again and people unlearn lessons that they've learned and it gets a little frustrating um so uh let's talk a little bit about the various cast members we've already talked a bit about uh uh, satan Mm -hmm. uh who isn't that bad (laughs) like he talks about satan things but he never actually like does anything evil he uh he integrates the most easily. Yeah. Uh, so he's actually not, not only does he integrate and understand like human behavior most easily, uh-huh. but he also becomes really involved in human foibles really easily. So he actually kind of stops being the devil after a while. Like and really kind of, quick. And I kind of like the, the idea that workaday jobs are such a grind uh-huh. that it kind of erases your sin. It erases your sin and it kind of erases your identity. It almost erases your identity in a way. He doesn't have time for any other ambitions. He's too busy, like trying to meet their quota and compete with the fast food and, restaurant across the street. And he gets takes, starts taking a lot of pride in his ability to outsell the Sentucky fried chicken. Yeah. Um, and he starts coming up with like weird promos and that's and, and again, I can see this as like a fifteen minute adult swim short. Yeah. So but in you know the Adult Swim version, Satan would look like Satan. He'd be nine feet tall and yeah. with red skin and horns. It's like, yeah, I'm the manager. I, I decided to tie balloons and I got people in here and I sold more. Be- and I, I upsold every customer. Right. And that and that's the joke. That would be the joke, yeah. but that's not what we're at here. And I feel like what we're what actually what we're at here is actually something we talked about uh, not that long ago. It might have even been our Spider Woman episode when we mm-hmm. were talking about like. The way that superhero stories began was often about these sort of fantasy worlds we imagined ourselves living at when we weren't in the midst of our grind. Yeah, I'm mm. a I'm a boring office guy and nobody respects me, but when nobody's looking, I'm Superman. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm a neurotic uh, a teenager who is overcome by a guilt complex and nobody really likes me. 
But when nobody's looking, I'm Spider-Man. Right. That's that's the whole deal with the secret identity. Yeah, and I feel like this is actually a fun uh, a takeoff on that kind of mm. secret identity kind of storyline where it's not so much that when you're not working, you're really cool. That mm. It's in there, but that's not really the point. The idea is that when you are working, you're still who you are and you're really cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I have a day job. Mm. I'm also a hero who saved another reality. Mm. Fuck you. Like... There's something about that. There's a sense of like oh, almost this pride mm. that the characters can have in themselves, even though they've got soul-crushing day jobs. And I found that very nourishing in a way. <laughs> we've all had those jobs, yeah. you know, where it's just like, yeah, listen, I've, 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 I'm a cool guy. I like do music or I'm a film critic or mm. whatever it is that you do. And right now I'm working at Barnes & Noble because I got to make ends meet. Like I've done mm. that, you know, like. It's just a thing. <laughs> I remember I was working at I, a, I, What I wish yeah. there were in the show was more human characters. Yeah. There's a few, uh, and, and we'll talk about them in a second, but let's, uh, let's move on. So uh, the devil is just basically acclimating real well. Uh, his uh, lead uh, uh, demon, demon yes. is Alciel. Uh, Alciel is ex- basically, uh, I think the closest like Western equivalent I can think of character-wise would be Samwise Gamgee. Where he's very, very, very devoted and helpful. Well, he's a servant. He is, but he's, he's a but he's, Satan's servant. You can be a servant and not be super into it. Hmm. You know, that can also just be your job. Man. He is very, very devoted to Satan. Hmm. And he Al- takes Al- Al- LCL is a character from Babylonian mythology. Is he really? Yeah, I, like Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so while Satan is getting a day job, Alciel is actually responsible for maintaining the house, keeping control of the finances, cooking, and as much as possible, researching magic on Earth in the hopes that maybe they can get their magic back somehow. Mm. Because you can't just refill up at the magic gas station like you could mm. in Enta Isla or whatever the fuck they had. Like you actually, they, they don't know where magic is here because it's not a magical world. Yeah. Um, so he's he's the one who every single time anything happens, he freaks out about the budget. <laughs> like there was a bit where uh, in the middle of a fight, the devil refers to, what are you, some kind of B-movie villain? And LCL is like horrified. When did you have time to go see a B-movie? <laughs> and it was like, what? I was on my, it was on my day off. And then like LCL is like distracted and gets shot by a magic laser beam. And it's like, sire, if I die, just know. There are discounts on movies on the first of the month. You can save money. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic LCL. Um, he's, he's a really wonderful character. I like him a lot. Uh, then we have uh, uh, Amelia. Already discussed her quite a bit. Uh, she is not just like a hero. She's extremely dedicated to killing Satan because Satan killed her dad. Uh, she was uh, raised by a farmer and then I think she's half angel and so she's got these magical powers and a magical sword that she can use. Uh, and then after they recruited her as a young girl to train her to, to fight against Satan, uh, Satan's um, uh, general, Lucifer, mm. like torched her whole hometown and killed her dad. So even though it seems like Satan's a pretty cool guy... Still Satan. He's still Satan, and he still killed her dad. So no matter how much any time someone says, you know, you're really obsessed with this Satan guy. You sure you're not really into him? No! He killed my dad! Well, but it starts to manifest in a really comic way. She's not, you know, 
horribly vengeful. She's just really annoyed yeah. after a while that, that this guy is still around and in her life just interact with him on a regular basis. And he's not fitting her idea of who he should be. Mm. And that's the thing. Like, when he's just, like, a good employee. Yeah. And, like, he starts dating one of his co-workers and she assumes he's got some horrible designs on her and he's actually just treating her nice. Do, do they ever really like they go on what she thinks is a date but he seems pretty oblivious. He is oblivious but he does acknowledge that on, by human standards it's technically a date. And let's uh. talk about the person he's dating. Mm. Uh, her name is Chiho. Uh, Chiho is a co-worker at McDonald's. Uh, she is she is actually quite a bit younger. It's hard to say like how old Satan is. Amelia is supposed to be like seventeen, but she aged herself up on her paperwork oh, she, so that she could so I, that she could uh, get I a job. She was like fourteen, like she was really young. No, she's like seventeen. Mm. She like aged herself up a bit so she can get a job in Japan. Um, and uh, Chiho is a couple of years younger than everybody. Mm. She's technically a teenager. It is creepy that she's mm. dating Satan. And also that the the show kind of ogles her a lot, and that is creepy. There's the, no denying. There's, that. in fact, there's a lot of uh, like locker room scenes mm-hmm. and like pans up women's bodies. There's a lot of just female body exploitation. Well, in, well, it's it's typically called not, fan. And, it's called fan service. Typically, when you refer well, to anime, is the idea that look the fans are like pretty people and you want to see them in like swimsuits and stuff I've I've seen that a lot like and it's it's pretty brazen in anime generally speaking you can be some are worse than others of the anime I've seen yeah yeah, there's like the the episode where just they're gonna hang out in bikinis in this episode oh I've seen a lot of anime where it's not really fan servicey it's not really fan servicey this is the episode where everyone goes to the beach and you're like oh here we go yeah yeah. Wow, you have a tiny bikini. If you think that's tiny, check out this one. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it becomes really like almost comedically exploitative. It's like a Russ Meyer film uh, in I, some cases. I, and actually, one of the series that we're going to be covering here is extremely Russ Meyer-y in oh, the way gosh. that it handles it. So get ready. Yeah, get so, ready. So one the, of them is the, the Chiho is character ribald. is is animated to be incredibly busty, and there's a lot of focus on her boobs. Yeah. Um, and but it's not she's not the only female character and they don't do this with the men so much not so much yeah. not so much although although there are definitely uh, anime that do have yeah. male fan service um, oh, I, for, I forget the name there's like male male erotica has a, a certain name in, oh, in anime culture oh god Mich- like, if Michelle was here she would know yeah. what that is I know what that is That's on but the there, there's a, a subculture within oh, anime uh, someone's devoted, yelling devoted at us to, right now and we can't hear you devoted I'm to, sorry devoted to gay love stories and gay erotica yeah. um, I'm sorry we can't hear you I know you're saying something right now you're probably right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chiho is a very, very nice person, and she's absolutely enamored of Satan. And to everyone... the point where she gets insanely jealous whenever oh, yeah. somebody else talks like, to him. Like, Amelia, she thinks, is, like, his ex-lover, mm. and uh, other people show up and, like, make him, like, a box lunch once, and she freaks the fuck out. And it's really adorable, actually. Mm. It's, it's She's a fun character, she's a nice character, and she ends up accidentally the focal point of a lot of like supernatural goings on because the people from Enta Isla start trying to send messages and like messengers from Mm. their dimension and the they can't really pinpoint anyone it's not like they have like a supernatural GPS so they're going they're searching for people who are thinking about Satan a lot so because she's got a crush on him (laughs) She's like the epicenter <laughs> of earthquakes and other demon attacks and stuff like that, which is kind of fun. There, mm. There's this thing that happens in a lot of supernatural or sci-fi shows where if you're not actively seeking out those things, like the X-Files or even Star Trek, where you're like wandering around looking for adventures, mm. um, you have to ask yourself, 
Why is all the supernatural shit happening in Sunnydale? Well, so they, you gotta they, come eventually, up with the, they, they had to explain that at some point. Yeah, they, they, eventually, a, said, I think a clever show usually comes up with a good reason for it. And in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's, we were built on a hell mouth. What's that? Well, turns out it's just where a lot of demons hang out. Yeah, it's just this big locus of magic, and demons are automatically attracted to it. It's thin, but it works. <laughs> All right. Yeah, same thing with Chiyo. It's, it's, it's not as bad as uh, Murder, She Wrote. It's like, I no, because that's I live, a coincidence. I live in this little tiny town where everyone is murdered. There's a murder every <laughs> week in this tiny town, and the cops can't solve them, so we need an... A mystery writer to help. Uh, there's a couple of smaller characters who don't have a lot to do, but apparently would have more to do uh, in the light novels. Mm. Uh, there's uh, uh, Satan's boss, uh, uh, Mayumi. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, um, she's just the manager. She's the, the manager. Joint, yeah. You find out that she's getting a little ambitious, but she would be more important in the, in the books that if mm. or if the series had gone on. Uh, there, uh, Amelia has a human best friend named Rika. Mm. Uh, who doesn't have a lot to do until towards the end of this anime, and they start hinting at, and apparently they would go here in the light novels, that she would have a romantic relationship with Elsio. Okay. Yeah, um, she would don't fu- don't she, see it in the show, but all they, right. They just sort of hinted at it. They were just kind of cute together, but they would have gone all there right. later. Um, and uh, other, a couple other characters mm. show up later. Lucifer shows up. Yeah. Initially is a bad guy and he's actually trying to kill Satan and then when he loses all of his magic he ends up as their third roommate <laughs> and he actually and, and he's uh, like a uh, computer addict like yeah, a, he's, he's a gamer yeah uh, there's a, he actually uses a, a, a Japanese term neat n e e t uh, which is basically uh, basically in, uh, there's a cultural specificity to this but uh, basically an introvert someone who doesn't leave the house a lot someone who just sequesters. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's basically on a computer all the time ordering stuff over the internet that they can't afford. Mm. Um, and uh, and there are a few other characters as well, but those are the big ones. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the the that's that's the series uh, in 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 where, character where, form. Um, it is currently available on Netflix. I don't think it ever aired in serialized form on American television. No, not on TV. It was uh, it, what happened was uh, Funimation. Mm. Um, which handles a lot of anime product in America. A lot of it, like a significant mm. amount. Um, they have a couple of streaming services. There's Crunchyroll, uh, which is mostly the... Uh, which is a silly name. A little silly. They couldn't just call it like Anime Central or something a little bit yeah, more... Crunchyroll's fun. Mm. Uh, but uh, that's where you can get a lot of subtitled animation, and then the Funimation streaming service is typically more dubbed. Um, and a lot of shows start out on those services and then end up on Netflix. This is one of them. Uh, and what happened was when this show aired, and it aired, let me get the, the dates right, from April 4th, 2013 through uh, June 27th, 2013, mm. um, the show would debut in Japan and they would very quickly show up on streaming services over here. Mm. So you could so you could indeed watch it weekly Yeah, when it first uh, uh, aired, but then after it all came out, Bob's your uncle, you can watch it all. Uh, right there. Uh, those services are very, very nice. I highly recommend Crunchyroll because subtitles are often better. They're, um, they're preferred. Um, yeah. It, it, in most animation, the voices are recorded first, and then they animate uh, to the performer's performance. So mm-hmm. in in some cases, they even like film the actors. Well, I don't think they do that mm-hmm. in Japan. No, no, not uh, to my understanding. So uh, that's it, another one where I wish Michelle of, was here. She could yeah. tell us that. 
Uh, but yeah, I know a lot of animation just sort of naturally starts to stem from the timing of the line reading. Mm. So that actually changes the pace of the show. When you dub it over, it does feel a little bit off as a result. Yeah. Also, because, there's a lot of translation issues that yeah, sometimes occur. Because you have to fit in an English phrase mm. in a certain amount of time. But also, sometimes things don't translate very well. Mm. And it's hard enough to translate things appropriately in subtitles when you have a little bit more freedom to put as much text as necessary. When you only have as much time as the characters are talking, you sometimes have to condense meaning. And sometimes that ends up just being really clunky. Like the clip that we played uh, uh, earlier on uh, is from the American dub, just because I thought that would be easier for our listeners to understand a clip of. Mm. Um, But... uh, even those scenes are so much funnier subtitled because there's just a little bit more nuance yeah. uh, in the way that the characters are portrayed. And here they're just in those clips are just kind of blunt. Um, but then again, it's kind of a blunt show. And I think that's some one of the things that I like best about it is well, I think, when uh, it's just really in your face about its premise. I, I think that's what um, draws a lot of people who are anime people uh, to the medium. Anime, and again, I'm speaking in very broad generalities. And he's speaking from his own anime. limited and, experience. Yeah. I want to make it clear because I don't necessarily so, agree with this. Uh, well, you don't know what I'm about to say. Uh, I have a theory. Anime tends to uh, paint big yeah. with whatever whatever emotion they're going for. If they're going for uh, humor, it tends to be uh, very loud, very broad very in-your-face kind of humor. When it t- goes to be violent, there's some incredibly violent anime out there. Well, that's there. true. Uh, when it aims to be even, like, subtle and calming, they push way into the subtle and calming territory. <laughs> Is uh, it possible to be so subtle ex- you're not subtle anymore? A, I'm extremely relaxing. Uh, it's... <laughs> I think it deals with sort of a, a, a melodramatic extreme uh, in, in a general sense, and I think that yeah. and I think that reads uh, very intensely for an American audience who is actually used to a kind of subdued well, version of melodrama where they play a little bit more for a, a realism, even in animation. What I think we're used to in America is tonal consistency. Yeah, and what we mean by that is that the sense of humor is the same sense of humor throughout the entire series. And there's not going to be like one or two scenes that are just broadly over the top, and that's something that anime can often mm. do. And Devil's Part Timer is definitely one of those, mm. where a scene will move along kind of subtly, kind of normally, and then there will be an extreme emotion portrayed for comedic effect, yeah. or that extreme emotion will be portrayed in a very weirdly intimidating sort of way, or in a very uh, uh, cowardly sort of way, mm. or uh, characters will go off model in order to project very specific emotions. Um, and, th- you know, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, there's a lot of um, reservation in the way that the characters in the show are, like, supposed to behave. They're supposed to be very dignified and very polite and uh, not be too uh, familiar with one another and polite mm-hmm. society to the extent that even when Amelia expresses anger at Satan amongst humans, mm-hmm. uh, they interpret that as, well, if you really didn't care about him, you would simply treat him quietly and politely. So the fact that you're able to be angry at him means you must be in love. Mm. She's like, no, he killed my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so that it can really be a wonderful uh, uh, source of humor. Um, and mm. I think the show, when, it's, when this show is on, and I think the first six episodes of this show... Mm. A few wobbly bits uh, uh, aside, I don't necessarily think the treatment of Chiyo as a character is 
um, it's kind of gross. It's, it's exploitative. It's, it's exploitative, yeah. and, and and she's she's kind of a she's dumb, and she never really catches on I, to any of that. No, stuff. I don't think she's dumb. She's naive. There's a difference. There's but, a big yeah, difference. Right. But like, whatever. She she's she's new to this whole magic thing. She's young and inexperienced, mm-hmm. and it's just not always treated very fairly, and sometimes treated in an exploitative way. And that part sucks. I'll grant you that. Mm-hmm. The show is more than just that one part, and the other parts work really, really well for the first six episodes, to the extent that you could totally make this into a really fun movie. It just has, like, kind of an action-packed climax with mm. Lucifer, and it turns out uh, one of the uh, religious leaders of Enta Isla, who had defeated Satan, showed up not only to kill Satan, but also to kill Amelia, because here's the thing. We don't want this hero of the people to rise up and the people to, like, want her to lead them. No, 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 no. We're religion. We're very corrupt. So we don't want that. So we want to kill her off while she's in another dimension and no one's looking. And then we'll all go back home and everything will be hunky-dunky. And that doesn't go over well. And Amelia ends up having to begrudgingly team up with Satan in order to save the day mm-hmm. and the irony is she ends up doing most of the work fighting off the bad guys while Satan uses up all the magic power he has left in order to save people because he actually likes it here mm-hmm. and he cares about them uh, much like he would care about someone working for him at McDonald's because he quickly becomes an assistant shift manager I, I said it, this would make a good uh, uh, adult swim but I agree with you I think it would make a, a feature, just a fine feature film I've yeah. seen Plenty of films like this sure. about fantasy creatures who arrive on Earth and they have to climatize because mm-hmm. that's uh, that was what budgets allowed for. Yeah, couldn't have a Masters of the Universe film that takes place in a fantasy universe. We don't have the money f- to make a fantasy universe, so, so they got to come to Earth and steal Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, there's well, there's the fast food again. That's not a good example. Um, <laughs> a that, lot of them are bad that, examples. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, suburban commando is another one. Hulk Hogan is a, is a my favorite Martian. Is, yeah. is this exact same premise? Well, that was a, that was a TV series and it was actually very and successful. That, it's actually a good example, but yeah. as a but movie, not so much. It, yeah, oh, that movie's awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just just the idea of a fantasy creature having to deal with the the particulars of Earth. That's Alf. That's Bewitched. Yeah. You know, um, Three, uh, third Rock from the Sun. Exactly. Mork and Mindy. Yeah, the, yeah. There's, there's a, a slew of examples. And I think, uh, and there's a lot of movies as well. I think this would have worked just fine as a feature film as well. Mm-hmm. That Satan has to get, and I think they do a really good job of introducing Satan into the world, letting us know that Satan doesn't understand anything about the world uh, and how everybody's Kind of all the Satan and uh, Satanic and uh, angelic c- creatures are just a little bit baffled by the human world, mm-hmm. which I think is really funny because these are characters out of human stories. Yeah, and humans know who Satan is, but Satan doesn't know who we are. Yeah, I think well, that's that's really amusing. It is really amusing, and that's kind of the Thor did something similar as well. But like, um. Yeah, and there's something just really, really uh, endearing about the way that someone who ruled over an entire country full of demons actually gradually becomes very satisfied living a quiet, peaceful, workaday life. Mm. And there's something just really relaxing and chill about that. Yeah. Someone who can, like, oh, Satan understands the pleasures of once a month we can eat out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. And there's something like... I feel like we're not have we don't have enough stories right now about people who are barely making ends meet, and that's something that we've always had. Oh, but they're, I feel, they're everywhere. There's all kinds of stories about people at work. Yeah, at work. But yeah, I feel like people who are like superstore and party down and stuff like that. No, but I'm talking about where we actually talk about 
budgets, where we actually talk oh. about like the, the 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 daily parts of your life that you often have to neglect or deny yourself mm. just to make sure that you can pay rent. That kind of uh, a sort of financial uh, uh, living. Is something that I think most shows kind of wanted to ignore. I mean, even it's, like clerks, they don't really talk about how much they get paid. It's just their job. Well, also, you know? it, it's uh, that involves a lot of number crunching, and that's not interesting unless they're your numbers. So well, there's there's a hard a... there's a hard way to write that and make it seem exciting. And I think the devil is a part timer finds a great way to make that exciting. I think they find mm, it at least funny. Well, they, there's one scene where they deal with they, it, but it's not like a theme the of the show. It is a theme of the yeah. show. They're constant. Every single time they want to do something, they have to ask themselves, "Can we afford this right?" now that's a thing like, no, when, but like they don't, they don't when, go to their like accounting books and try to figure out what they can and cannot no afford. but they're, they're hyper aware of it just, like there's a part where impoverished that's okay like there's a like yeah. well and it's something that comes up like when uh amelia throws his umbrella away he, that's not that's money i don't have you know or, or like when his bike which he hmm. some for some reason names and gets really into like he gets like he calls it dullahan and i don't know what that's a reference to but like <laughs> When the bike gets like a flat because of an alien attack or a, or a demon attack, he's just like, "No, that's gonna cost so much. Mm. I'll have to work an extra shift." <laughs> and that's somewhere that's somewhere I've been. It's somewhere a lot of people have been, and I think that's a sort of sort of inherent drama that I don't think gets dramatized or even uh, uh, humorized, no. for lack of a better word, uh, uh, enough. I think because I think that's something that we're increasingly aware is a common issue. Like there's all kinds of stuff like we've seen in the news, like even before the pandemic hit of like how many people in this country could afford a $400 emergency at any given time. Like you just, you car accident, medical bill would, uh, uh, a sudden expense of $400 completely wreck your finances. Mm -hmm. Any shocking number of people in this country, some of whom may be, hosting this podcast can say <laughs> yeah it fucking would yeah, it's man. really uh, hard out there right now cost of living is increased jobs are hard to find dang. work is changing across the board it's hard to make a living right now and there's something about devil is a part-timer that i think we all feel like these like cool powerful people and we all just have to do a job sometimes yeah. you know and there's something I, I, and just those daily struggles i think I mean, they that, make them fun that's a, a, a not a particularly nuanced or complex theme of the show. It's just in there. But I like yeah. it though. Oh, I like right. how foregrounded it is. It makes mm-hmm. it, it. It's something really relatable in an otherwise unrelatable story. In a yeah. lot of I, ways, I know? feel like that's every sitcom about people in their twenties, though. I don't. Is, I just is, don't is, see that kind of emphasis on it. Oh well. Maybe right. it's me. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's the stuff that I watch. Maybe okay. that's and that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, we're all speaking in terms of our personal experience, and as much as. You know, you and I watch a lot of TV. We watch the TV that fails more than anything <laughs> That's else. That's true. <laughs> so it's, you know, there might be an episode of shows that I've seen here and like, there, but like not a consistent yeah, focus. It's things like, you know, Bob's Burgers, which is about running a business. There's there's a lot of workplace comedies out there. Yeah, but about, and, and there's a lot of characters in them who aren't getting paid well, and they constantly talk about how impoverished they are. Okay. Uh, it, it's everywhere. No, it's everywhere. Maybe. And I don't, I don't think there's anything particularly novel or interesting about the way The Devil is a Part-Timer does it. It's just I, something I recognize. Fair enough. I find the way that they mine mm. it for humor in unexpected situations mm. to be very enjoyable. But I will grant you there's a lot of TV that I haven't seen. So that might be from a limited experience. I'm sorry if you're yelling at the podcast right now. <laughs> um, clearly you like this show a lot. Well, uh, I do and I don't. Okay. I do and I don't. I really like that. It's one of those shows that I watched... 
And when I rewatched it, I realized there were things that I remember that I didn't remember or didn't focus on. Okay. That kind of pissed me off. Like, for yeah. the portrayal of Chiho is a good example. Um, another person who ends up, uh, uh, I think, treated very, very badly in this series is the Devil's Landlord, uh, mm. uh, Miss Mickety, uh, who well, is... She, she looks like the, uh, the Witch of the Waste, from Howl's Moving Castle. She does, actually. Yeah. I was thinking that, too. Um, and the, and if you know that character from Howl's Moving Castle, you know that she is a very large woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and initially, that's not really a thing. But then later on in the series, she goes on vacation to Hawaii and sends them like pictures of her in a bathing suit mm-hmm. that are apparently so grotesque, they like send people into like fits of vomiting, which mm-hmm. I'm like, great, I didn't really need the fat shaming. Thanks for that shit. Yeah, th- thanks for those 1980s I, jokes. I completely, yeah. like, in my brain, I forgot that was ever mm-hmm. a thing. And when I watch these scenes again, like, the devil comes home, and Alciel and Lucifer are completely incapacitated on the ground. And he thinks, like, just angels have shown shit, up yeah. to kill everybody. And it's like, no, we saw a picture of our landlady in a bikini. And I'm like, and this is a joke that comes back mm-hmm. multiple times. And I'm like, I did not need that bullshit. Thank you for that. That is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't fun, but beyond that, um, again, I, I maintain that the first six episodes are in their construct very well put together. The, 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 the back half of the series is a real mixed bag. There's some good episodes here and there, but basically what happens is they meet new characters over and over and over again. Yeah, they they grow the cast way too fast. Way too Uh, fast. We hardly have any time to enjoy the cast. This should have been a cast of, like, of, of the demons, there should have been, uh, Satan and, uh-huh. and LCL. And Lucifer just, later just, is fine. He's a fun addition. He's a fun addition, but you had him in the second season. You know, like, yeah. Well, they kind of do. This is The second half of the season feels like a second yeah, season. Yeah, it really it's a new does. Story. But, uh, so you have those two, and then maybe you have, and you have the angel chasing them down. So yeah. there's like a little bit of a rivalry. And then a couple of and human those, characters. And yeah, and then the human characters they interact with, like re- semi-regulars. Yeah. There should be more human characters than demons, I think. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not then, but closer to an even number. Yeah, yeah. just so you know, if, or if you're going to have just like the the unholy characters, you focus on them exclusively, and you just sort of see their day to day living and the yeah. way they interact. Uh, oh, you know what? Just like uh, Flight of the Concords, that's another one that's oh, there all, you go. Uh, completely about poverty. You're right. Actually, that's a really good example, and I think they handled that yeah, one well. Struggling artists. Maybe or, I'm just wrong about everything. Like that's a no, fair assessment. It's, I, it's, I question if, myself. If there's sometimes. something about a genre you like, say it. It's fine. It's but, fine. Uh, I, I feels it's the way the show does it. Maybe maybe when I watched this show for the first time, I hadn't seen a lot like it lately, and oh, it's okay. felt special. But okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. And what mm. happens is they have a new neighbor. Who shows up and she shows up and she she says she just moved to the city mm. and she is dressed like Japan from like the 19... I'm going to get the decade wrong, but like the 1930s. Yeah. And she doesn't know enough about Japanese culture and uh, Chiho gets very jealous of her because she's making food for Satan and she would like to make food for Satan. Uh, Amelia thinks that Satan is taking advantage of her because she ends up in this weirdly subservient level and it's only about halfway through the second half of the season or three quarters way through the whole season uh that she realizes that the neighbor is also part of the uh uh like the the, theocracy army and that she has come here to destroy satan and they have completely misinterpreted everything everyone has said and she thought everyone was on board and knew where she was from and it turns out no we thought you were just this naive woman from the country and this is really awkward now on the, and did you get a, like a, a queer vibe off of her? Because she and and the hero mm-hmm. character, uh, 
sort of have this this weird sort of regard, and it looks like that they were kind of falling in love for a second. I can see that but, interpretation. But then, like, because they grow, like, really, really close, and they become friends really quickly, mm-hmm. and they kind of are always talking about how they admire each other, like, physically. Mm-hmm. And it, later on, when it's revealed, uh, no, it turns out I'm from the same dimension you are, it, it's almost, it almost felt like a coming out scene. It's like, uh, oh, I was, hmm. I was suspected you were into girls, too. I don't know that, it, actually. It, it pl- I, I, I can see that interpretation. It played, it played a little queer to me. That's I was all. kind of focusing maybe on Maybe I'm plot. just always looking for queer stuff. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. But I also thought maybe I was more focused on the plot mechanics. Yeah. But I can see that interpretation. That's an interesting interpretation. Hmm. I, I don't think it's... Like I mean, a, it might be wrong. I don't know what the original creators intended. But I think it's a fair interpretation of the series as we got it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm down with that. But it turns out she was there to destroy Satan, and she's kind of confused as to why Amelia hasn't, and Amelia's kind of confused as to why she hasn't either. And um, then uh, it turns out that the guy who runs the Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, <laughs> who is also a sexual harasser in a really gross way, uh, he's actually an angel who is there to kill everybody. But a dark and, angel. Yeah, yeah. and he's going to take Amelia's magic sword because it belongs to heaven or whatever. And it ends up in a big fight, and Satan actually has to leave in the middle of his shift to save the day. He's going to get fired. He's worried about this. There comes a point where he like shows up where all the bad guys are. And in, he has in to, his McDonald's uniform. Yeah, so he has to take off all his clothes and strip down to his underwear. Because you don't understand... Those are not my clothes. Those are McDonald's clothes. And, and, if, I, and if, res- he, if anything happens to those, I'm responsible. Yeah, if he transforms into his demon form and grows horns and wings and stuff, he'll rip those clothes. And then he can't afford that shit. So he's mm. got to put it all down. Very funny. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he ends up fighting everybody, and it's kind of cool. And, um, and, then, and then the series kind of continues after this big fight, and there's this weird thing where you think for a minute that we're setting up some big plot line. And LCL's just like, Sorry, Master Satan, I I cannot stay with you. I must go on an important mission. And Miller's like, oh, what's he doing for Satan? Is now the time? Are they finally going to take over the world? And it, then she finds out that Satan has to take leave of McDonald's. And she's like, oh, God, everything's going bad. Oh, they have temp jobs. Why do they have temp jobs? Because <laughs> Lucifer bought tracking devices to put in mm. Amelia's purse in order to, to keep track of her, mm. which ended up saving her life. But we couldn't afford those tracking devices. Yeah. So uh, now we have to get extra jobs. And then we get scammed <laughs> by, a, by a telemarketing service. <laughs> that See, that, 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 that I love. That was but, fun yeah. stuff. And then the, the Satan has to come up with like clever ways to get around the true evil in the world. Telemarketing scams. Mm. That was fun. Yeah. I had a good time with that. Uh, this is something that's really pervasive uh, in Japanese culture that I've learned through movies. Uh, mm. this, this idea of red tape mm. being the ultimate, uh, like the ultimate decay of modern society. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's the theme of uh, Kurosawa's Ikiru. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, this uh, it, that movie is about a guy. It's what. Quite possibly the best movie ever made, uh, and it's about a guy who just learns he's dying of stomach cancer, and he's just been this office cog his whole life, so he doesn't really know what to do with his life. He has a little money saved up, he goes out, he has some drinks, it's not really his thing. Uh, he goes to a party, and, he, and everybody's singing, like, drinking songs, and he starts singing this really beautiful lullaby, and eventually everybody in the bar is just crying because he's singing so beautifully. Uh, and he ends up using his last few days on Earth to 
cut through all of the goddamn bureaucracy mm-hmm. uh, that is needed to build a park. He just wants yeah. to build a park. And, yeah, somewhere people can play, kids yeah, can play. In, in this like really, really horrible neighborhood. Yeah. There's just a little park. And, and things are thing sli- slightly bit better, better a, little, yeah. a little bit. And just the Herculean effort it takes to file all the papers and all go to all the different departments in this gigantic labyrinthine office where he works is mm-hmm. seen as something that's grandly heroic. Yeah. And yeah, the idea of modernity encroaching on the national soul is a big theme that, that crops up time and time again in Japanese fiction. Yeah. Uh, it's here again. Yeah. Uh, the, the idea that bureaucracy is worse than Satan <laughs> is a fun joke. It's a fun yeah. joke. And, and indeed Satan isn't that bad in this. And apparently, mm. and again, I haven't read all the series, but I did some research about where this would have gone. Okay. Um, well, yeah, there, and there are books that follow oh, yeah, up on these qu- characters. Quite a few, and, actually. Yeah. This is a long series, but I think it's still going. Um, even though this series is like came out in 2013, I'm surprised they didn't make more of it. People liked mm-hmm. it, um, but mm-hmm. uh, it, without giving a ton away. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you some stuff that was uh, going to happen. Mm-hmm. It was going to turn out that Lucifer, I'm sorry, uh, Lucifer and Satan are not synonymous in this universe. <laughs> Almost said they were the same. Um, Satan was never that bad. Mm. Turns out Satan was never that bad. He was like just running a country, and there was there was a war, and on well, war, like people tend to both be kind he's of jerks. A, a vicious, sword wielding, violent like army captain. Yeah, but he but, actually wasn't that vicious or violent. He was just protecting his hmm. demons because they were his family. And it turned out, Amelia's father not dead, so they can't end up together at the end. Maybe <laughs> so that because I was thinking about that, like we're spending all this effort. Like building up this like sort of antagonistic his girl Friday relationship mm. between Satan and the hero, and you're just like, well, they could never get together. He killed her dad, and then it turns out he didn't. Great, problem solved. It's great. We can end. I thought the twist was gonna be that like the theocracy killed her dad or that, something, that, that, and like that's that would that's kind of the obvious twist. Yeah, which, yeah. which would have also been satisfying. And I don't know what happened to her dad, but I do know that that mm. opened up. Um, and I knew of you know, some of the other romantic entanglements. Uh, Chiho would actually uh, uh, get more involved in the adventuring mm-hmm. element, and uh, the devil would recruit some people, including some humans, to be generals in his new mm-hmm. army and stuff like that. But um, ultimately, I don't care about any of that stuff. I just want to see him work at McDonald's more. And there was going to be more of that, and apparently yeah. there was even going to be an arc where Amelia got a job at the McDonald's. Oh, that would have been fun. Which would have been fun! I want to yeah. see that! Um in fact, all of the all of the stuff that has to do with uh, with the other dimension is completely tiresome to me. Mm-hmm. All of the fantasy war stuff and the conflicts and the, the only, father being dead. It's, it's only uh, when it intersects with with banality that yeah, it's, I mean, exactly. It's exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you have this really wonderful setup, this juxtaposition between Satan and banal modern life. And when it starts to get really, really involved in all of that stuff. It, it changes the genre of the show. And I understand that's one of the appeals of, of uh, not just anime, but a lot of uh, international entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, action, it, adventure, thrills. It, yeah, action, adventure, thrills. But we're, we're, I think, I feel like outside of America, a lot of uh, filmmakers are freer to play with genre a little bit more. Mm. I think in America it's a little bit more rigid. Yeah, whatever you define your show as, that's what your show must be. Again, very generally speaking. But Mm. I feel like it's best when it is that one thing. And I think if they had stuck with something a little bit more consistent, then it would have been a better show. 
Again, that this may is, just be me as yeah, an American. Maybe, but I gotta be honest here, rewatching it and realizing that it suffers from new character-itis. Yeah. Where it's just like, I don't... Stop for, introducing for new characters. 13 episodes and now there's like t- yeah. 20 characters. Like the, the neighbor character, whose name I forget off the top of my head, she mm. she's fine, mm. but she's going through the same arc that Amelia already went through in the first six episodes where she's tracking down Satan, she forms a weird relationship with him, she needs to destroy him, but oh, maybe he's not so bad. Mm. And it all ends in a big fight where Satan proves himself. We literally <laughs> yeah. just did that. It's it's repetitive to the mm. point of it's not actually introducing anything new. Yeah. And when they do introduce new things, they're sidelined. The best episode of like the second half of the season is the one where the Kentucky Fried Chicken moves in across the street, and he has to send in Alciel to like spy on the Kentucky Fried Chicken so he has to eat everything on the menu to see what's so damn special about it (laughs) and it gets really awkward because like Amelia and her friend from work end up eating there and he overhears them talking about how horrible Satan is and he blows his cover by yelling at them and then they offer to like buy his food and he's like well that would help the budget actually so yes you can tell me anything you want about Satan (laughs) that whole bit is is gold Mm. that's funny and then it turns out like Satan comes up with this big like kind of marketing tie-in thing where uh, you get like a free soda if you like put like your hopes and dreams on a piece of paper and like put yeah. it on a tree as like an ornament which it turns out ends up fueling his magic because there's all this energy this positivity <laughs> like it's you know, that, that's fun yeah. that's really fun all of that stuff is really great yeah. and it's inventive and it's not something that every single show has been doing and when it devolves into fighting the fighting can be fun I'm not an ogre <laughs> I I, under, I appreciate a good action sequence and when it's built up to in such a way that all the characters kind of got there organically like I love it that in both fights Alciel is a complete no-show because he went back home to get his cape <laughs> he shows up at the end like I went to get my cape what did I miss you missed the whole fucking thing Alciel what the hell it's, it's hilarious um Anyway, I, I I still mostly like this show. Okay. I, I find it frustrating that there are things that detract from the obvious strengths of the series. Yeah. yeah Whatever, they, they, well, and the, they, yeah. Then they, they have such a strong premise. Yeah. They set it up really, really well. And it feels like they got bored with their own premise too quickly. Yeah. It's a, a, little, a little too breathlessly shifting from one thing to the next. Yeah. In, I, in a I'm way not... that... It, not that they're spinning through genres, which is acceptable if you're mm. doing it gracefully... But in a way that makes it seem like they don't have enough ideas to fill that element of what they set up for sometimes, themselves. Sometimes you come up with something and the thing that you didn't expect would be the popular element is the popular element. Yeah. Because I get the impression that the way that the series is structured, we're supposed to be eager for the Enta Isla stuff to like come to a head. Yeah. Or maybe for them to return there or something and bring their human friends and... I maybe want that in the last arc. You can do that in like the last six episodes and wrap everything up. I don't want to live there. I want to live here in the now mm. with all of these incredibly over-the-top magical creatures just having to have a day job. No, here, That's here's, funny. Here's what you do. Uh, they, they go back to uh, their, their home dimension for one episode. Yeah. And Satan is showing a human friend around and explaining the... Uh, command structure of hell's minions as if it's a fast food restaurant because yeah. that's all he understands now that'd be kind of funny and then they get sucked back to earth you just one that. episode yeah. make a joke out of it that'd be, be great fun. yeah it'd be fun um in any case uh the, the question we have to ask ourselves is obviously the series would have gone on because mm. there was more than enough material to cover it was 
The Devil is a Part-Timer cancel too soon? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say no. Uh, okay. I, I don't think it was. I think they, they spent too much time introducing new characters. That's not necessarily a detriment. Sometimes they do that so they can explore them later on in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that probably would have happened with Firefly. We're just talking about how there's just too many people in the cast. Yeah. And when they finally got to the movie, they, they effectively kind of cut two members out of the cast and yeah. all of a sudden it's a much easier to follow story. Yeah. Uh, so that that's not necessarily a detriment. It's just badly written the way it is. But I think they did reveal in what I saw that they were out of ideas, that they had all of these characters, but they weren't all coming from a different angle. Mm-hmm. They weren't approaching the material from a different sort of viewpoint. And there wasn't going to be anything further they were going to explore. Yeah. And they weren't going to focus on the stuff I liked, which was all the fast food restaurant stuff. That's fair. Uh, mm. I'm also I'm a bit torn, honestly, because honestly, like I can handle mm. the focus of the show shifting. Like I can handle that. I, I won't necessarily yeah. give up on a show if the thing that I like most about it isn't the thing that's in the foreground all the time. Mm. I can handle that. I, it's still something to latch on to, mm. and I still enjoy most of the anti Isla mm. stuff. I just found it a little repetitive in the second half of this, yeah. so that's frustrating. For me, the things that make it like I'm not sure how I feel about it mm. is all of the little things, the the fat shaming, the creepiness oh, yeah. with Chiho, like the, the broads, the the broader sitcom stuff. Yeah, like the like really the dated sitcom, really stuff. the really like lazy sitcom stuff. Basically, that's the stuff that I'm not big on, and um, that I feel like the fan service. Mm. If you must have it, I feel like it is focused on the wrong characters and that's frustrating so as much as i do if this show had been six episodes Uh i would have said it was canceled too soon if it was just the first six i would have been like this show is so much promise there's a couple of trouble spots but like i really like this and i do think they found a good balance there but when you see the second half of the season and you realize they've already started spinning their wheels yeah apparently they would have gone on to other stuff but the second half is where i want to see that Mm. i want to see more stuff right away rather than get repetitive right away which is frustrating so i it's i'm torn on this one but i am gonna lean towards the show was not canceled too soon Okay. I'm glad it exists, and there's a lot of stuff I like about mm-hmm. it. And again, yeah, I, if you I, want to check it out, it's on Netflix. And again, the first six episodes alone, tidy little storyline, nicely done. But yeah, it's just it mm-hmm. it runs out of steam, doesn't it? It it really does. I, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of on the same. I I think you had liked it more than me, but I think we're generally on the same page. It, this is this is a simple case of rose colored glasses, yeah. where like I when I watched it, this was one of the first anime shows I started watching when I started getting back into anime regularly. Like I was never anti anime, yeah. but it's hard to keep up with it because there's so yeah. much. So there was a time for about like ten years or so, like after college, where I just didn't have the time to keep up with anime, and there was stuff I watched, mm. but it was not most of it. Yeah. And it's, when I started watching it on the reg again, like this is one of the first shows that I I latched onto, and mm-hmm. there's a lot I really like about it. And when I rewatched it, I'm like, there's a lot I don't remember about this that is not great. Mm. Maybe I've just seen better shows since. Yeah, maybe so. You um, know? I, I was deep, at, not into anime, but I was exposed to a lot in college because my roommate was president of the anime club. Mm. So he was constantly watching it and running things by him. He knew I was into movies. He's like, what do you think of this movie? It's an anime film. I, too, have never been anti-anime. I just don't, like, follow it. I'm not part of the scene. Uh, so, But I'm I'm very open about that. I'm going to say if there's something in this that I don't quite understand. In fact, there was something I was going to ask 
Michelle, mm-hmm. uh, because she probably knows about this. Uh, and you can speak to this a little bit because you, mm. you mentioned it already. If it's what we talked about before, I did ask it, her it about was, it. It yeah. was. Uh, it, there's uh, something in I've, that I've seen in a lot of anime series uh, about sort of the the reluctant sex god. Mm-hmm. Like the reluctant Casanova. It's about some usually very ordinary looking dude mm. who has one or multiple women very aggressively pursuing him. And he's very embarrassed by that. And yep. that's a common comedy trope in, it, in it a, is in, in fact anime. it's a whole subgenre. i believe it's called the harem genre which the is harem not a, genre. it's not okay. a great name uh but uh i asked michelle about this because i knew you were going to ask about right. it and uh she i mean this is all a little secondhand and she could give mm. you more detail but uh, but i have noticed it as well uh the the genre is based around the very simple and obvious fantasy where everyone mm. who is attractive to you wants to be with you romantically yeah. that's very very mm. simple like on the surface that's what it is and I'm sure we can all appreciate that little fantasy. Uh, the irony of a lot of the harem genre, and this isn't all of them, but it's, it's a lot of them, is that it creates more problems than it could possibly solve. Yeah. And it is often not as fun as in real life as it would actually be. And people are making things awkward, or they're mm. fighting over you, or you're not sure if you're actually into them or not. And um, it, they can be very, very charming. They can also be very, very sleazy. Mm. Uh, and indeed, it does. They are d- yeah. just catering to a sex fantasy. They're, they're mostly much. catering to a sex fantasy, mm. but it becomes like this comedy of errors, oftentimes in like a threes company kind of way. Mm. Um, however, it's worth noting that the harem genre goes both ways, and there are harem genres that are about a female potential protagonist okay. and a bunch of men and women sometimes who mm. want to be with her. There's one actually I was thinking of uh, uh, that actually is like a kind of an interesting double feature. With Devil as a Part-Timer, because it's kind of the opposite premise. Uh, it actually just came out this last year. It's called My Next Life as a Villainous, All Roots Lead to Doom. <laughs> Which is a great title. And this is a fun series, but it actually has similar problems to uh, 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 My Devil's a Part-Timer, in that it gets kind of wrapped up in the plot by the end, and that's mm. not the most interesting part. But My Next Life as a Villainous, which is also available on Crunchyroll, uh, is about... Uh, a, a young gamer and she dies and she wakes up in the fantasy dating simulator that she was uh, like she was obsessed with <laughs> okay. and by fantasy I mean like it's a magic high school okay problem but is she knows it's a simulation she knows it's a simulation she remembers the game she didn't play all of the game but she knows right. a lot of the game here's the problem she didn't wake up as the protagonist she woke up as the villain oops and even though she has no intention of doing evil things, she knows that because of the scripting in the game, she's going to have a bad ending. And she's got to try to manipulate the events of the game is in such a way that she will actually have the best possible ending. So that she basically she has two options. Mm. Like she either gets like killed or she gets exiled and like she's so she's basically trying to make sure that even though her character normally wouldn't because she's like a stuck up debutante she's trying to make sure she can also have a day job so she takes up gardening <laughs> but over the course of the series and she wakes up as like a very young girl she meets all the characters who are going to become like characters in the game later mm. and because she's interacting with them knowing that when who's going to turn evil who's going to whatever um she's actually just really nice to all of them and all of them fall in love with her Male, female right. alike. And it is very charming. Okay. It's very funny. It's a good okay. premise. It's not a high concept or anything right. like that, but they handle it well. And the only time it really falters is in like the last couple of episodes where they get all up about like, you know, a plot 
and like yeah, kind of explaining yeah. the premise too much and it doesn't really make sense anyway so who cares um but up until then i was kind of delighted by this series and it's probably a slight and even though it's about a normal person going to a magic realm mm. Um, it's kind of like a slightly better version of Devils a Part Timer, just because it all kind of falls together a little better. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a recommendation from me. It's not a it's not without caveats, but it's it's pretty darn good, and I had a fun time with it. Um, so next time on Cancel Too Soon's Anime Month, uh, we're going knee deep into fan service. We're going like <laughs> Russ Meyer territory with a series called High School of the Dead. In which there is a zombie apocalypse and we follow the students at a high school. Um, I've seen a few episodes of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little sleazy. Uh, but, uh, but it's an interesting sl- series sle- in some ways. Sleazy is not always bad. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's, like, it's, think, it's not always uh, in bad taste, but it is think sleazy. Ru- Russ Meyer is a more sophisticated filmmaker than he gets credit for. Sometimes. But Have at you the ever same seen time, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens? Well, yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's he, not he, good. He did just make straight up porn as yeah. well. But, you know, he's clearly doing it because he's, you know, getting his jollies making these movies. But he was actually an interesting filmmaker. Be, exactly. We can all agree with that. Like, he, Super he actually, Vixens is actually kind of a fascinating film. He put things in, in, yeah. in those weird pornographic fantasies that spoke to larger things and actual art. Yeah. Faster Pussycat, genuinely great film. One of the best of all time. I might not go that far, but it's really great. John Waters is on record saying, not only is it the best movie of all time, it will always be the best movie of all time. No (laughs) film could be made better than Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. I can appreciate that perspective. I love it to pieces, and I do highly recommend it. So uh, we're going to be watching... Uh, uh, High School of the Dead, which is also available on a lot of different services. I think it's currently available, probably most readily available on Hulu. Mm. Uh, But you should be able to track it down if you want to watch that along with us. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Cancel Too Soon. Hopefully next week, Michelle will be feeling well enough to join us and explain what the hell's going on Mm. with High School of the Dead. Because uh, as as much as we're trying here, Mm. there's an element of speculation when we talk about anime because it's not... Uh, our normal field of expertise. Uh, if you have anything you want to add to the conversation, feel please feel free to leave us a comment, perhaps on our Patreon page, or you can head on over to our Twitter. Uh, we are at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. We also have a letters uh, uh, podcast. We've got mail right here on the channel. You can email us letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. And uh, if you want to join up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash criticallyacclaimed.net. Network, we have a ton of exclusive content. We have tons of exclusive podcasts. We have podcasts dedicated to Star Trek, Oscar movies, Disney movies, commentary tracks, polls to help us decide future content, the works. Uh, And we're very, very appreciative to all of our patrons without whom we could not be here. Mm. And we are grateful to you. And we say from the bottom of our hearts, once again, a very special thank you. Thank you so much. All right, when am I forgetting anything? Uh, no, you covered it all. Sweet. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, once again. And that's a wrap. We'll see you next season.